Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where I interview bands and musicians, their various and precarious side hustles. And on today's episode, we got Sam Kless of California emo pop punkers Mum Jeans. And Sam's also in the Righteous Funk Scar group, Just Friends. He's had loads of jobs. He's been at it. He's been at the grindstone, as you're about to hear. This is a longer episode than normal, so hope you enjoy. 2000 Trees Festival has made this episode happen. It's going down next week in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London, where Thrice and Turnstile and Idols will be headlining. There are so many amazing bands there, it's just unreal. 2000treesfestival.co.uk to get your tickets to see everyone from Laura Jane Grace to the Get Up Kids to Creeper to Together Pangea and Kneecap. 2000 Trees Festival, give it a look there. If you're going to go last minute and you're making that excellent decision to bash off work or school or whatever else is bringing you down, you can get 10% off your tickets with the voucher code 101POD. 101POD for 10% off your weekend ticket. That's going to save you about 20 quid or so. 
20 quid you could spend much better elsewhere. You can start taking up smoking or something cool like that. Only joking, smoking is not that cool. Here is Sam Kless. Mum Jean's new record, Sweet Tooth, is out now. It's pretty damn good. Cheers for listening. Go well. Cheers. When speaking to to, to Haley, your, your press person here, uh, I was informed that you've you've had a selection, <laughs> a selection of like good fucking tales. Yes, definitely. I was a, uh, I've worked a long time. I mean, my- you know, when you when you when you think about that stuff, you know, this is all like apart from band, you know, aside from band stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. I suppose on these jobs, you're going to be looking at your phone. Am I right in thinking that you're quite like a doer in the band? uh what does that mean like do the emails and you'll do this the the, the you know the, the the communication side of it and you know the production work and just like having a hand in you I, know yeah, you're, I you're a doer yeah yeah i'm a definitely a doer for sure <laughs> it, it just it, it sort of it shines within you does it uh yeah a little a little bit i uh i i uh went to university of san francisco and i got a degree in communication uh right. so Good place yeah. to start. Definitely a good place to, to start. Yeah. Before that, were you, were you playing in bands and, and finding out, you know, how it works, how you get a show, how you can drive somewhere and how you can sleep in a, a parking lot? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, I've been playing in bands since I was 11 and I'm 28 now. So, right. um, but yeah, it was very. What was your first um, tour? My first ever tour was in 2012 or 13 and I had an older friend who was like, he was like 25, I think at the time. And he was in a punk band. His name was Ed and he, and I used to go to their shows and you know, my band uh, was definitely not punk at all, but he really, you know, we were friends and he told me, he's like, you know, it's not that hard. And I was like, what do you mean? It's really not hard to, to do the, the touring. Cause I always, it's a dream of mine to go play. And so then that's when I booked, I decided, uh, all right, well, our drummer is moving our original drummer, uh, out of, you know, out of state, never coming back. Let's try to do this. And so I booked like a three day tour from the, what I thought was Los Angeles, but I later found out it's called the Inland Empire and it's a couple, you know, it's about an hour or so away from LA, (laughs) but yeah, and uh, that's where I actually made some lifelong friendships uh, with the director of these all uh, you know all these mom jeans videos like Crybaby and What's Up. Right. Met his name is Zach Miller. He booked our show for my my other band is uh, called Just Friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we uh, yeah we played the Inland Empire and we played Isla Vista because our guitar player like was going to school in UC Santa Barbara. So it was like a really hodgepodge tour, but yeah, that's why I, I figured I figured it out through the emails and I, something I, I always tell people when they're trying to tour is like pick a date because I was hitting up places and I was like, can we play? And I'd get like, mm. you know, are you a joke band or when are you going to be here? Mm. So mm. it's always nice to have a couple anchor dates if you're doing it yourself to like, oh, yeah, we're going to be here on the 30th. <laughs> so you so, say so like you figured out pretty quickly that it's like spinning plates. Oh my God. I mean, that's the thing is I didn't really go to college. I mostly just showed up at class and then I just used it as like my work time to like book shows and tours. And I was just on my laptop, like 
everyone's, you know, like, uh, you know, I kept up with it, but it was, you know, I was so entrenched with this other life that I had, which was like, you know, creative and trying to, you know, yeah, like make art and take it on the road and meet people and, you know, mm. exactly what you're saying. Like, it's, you know, you just spend hours and hours on like back in that time frame, it was Facebook was like there's different groups for different cities and different regions and different even genres it's like if you're a rock band from you know la here's the here's the people you need to talk to and it's so many messages back in my in my facebook that's just like you know copy paste here's my band please book us you know this that the other thing i think that's the thing that um that I've seen is that, you know, when bands are in a particular scene and at night, you know, that's a much, that's a lot more zoomed in or niche, you know, if you're talking about like fest punk, you know, yeah. and it, and it, and it, and it, as soon as like a band plays a couple of shows within that world, they immediately have like a, a like room to move to. You know what I mean? You immediately have a totally. sort of direction. I mean- yeah, you're seeing it with the ska uh, scene right now where it's like they, you know, the ska two network, our friend uh, Eichler's uh, yeah, so good. Cat Bite, all these bands that came together and have created this thing that is happening and this buzz that is happening around ska, which is super cool. Uh, just, you know, everyone likes to be like, ska is dead or anything. But then, yeah, you take that and then the, they have all these people who support each other. And then you can go to do that at fest and then branch out. It's all about, yeah, like, you know, blossoming your, you know, your uh, connections and who you play with. And it's, it's been interesting. It's interesting with just friends because we're a little bit different and we play pop funk music, you know, and with mom yeah. jeans, it's a little bit, it was, it's a little bit easier. It was a little bit easier at the, in the beginning before I was in the band, I, you know, I helped book shows and, you know, here and there with them and stuff. And, when you play, you know, type of music and there's a scene out there, it's like you want to be in that scene. And that's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, you like you find the door and then there's, you know, thousands of other doors you can go through once you find that first one, you know? Right. Right. I mean, I remember learning that the Streetlight Manifesto bassist, I think it might have been the Catch-22 bassist, was their tour booker. Um mm-hmm. And that kind of Kevin Gunther, no, Kevin Gunther was a trumpet player. One of the, yeah. And that changed my life, you know, cause yeah. I was like, oh, that's like a job. And I, you know, I was Googling them and finding out they worked for a tour booking agency and you're yeah, like, well, that's a, a job. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I found out like, um, I, we, I used to really, really be a huge fan of this, uh, this band and they were playing Gilman, which is a local venue and I, I more than a local their, venue. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I emailed their manager and their manager was the singer of this other band that I really liked. And I was, I put the pieces together, like, no way is that the same person. And then it turns out it is. And it's like, you know, you see that, like there's a, there's a band uh, called future teens uh, that I think they're super cool. We've met them a couple times. Uh, their manager. I don't know if it still is. It's like soupy from wonder years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like we're doing some shows and stuff. And then Soupy's texting me being like, you know, on behalf of this other band. I'm just like, what is this? This is wild. You know what I mean? Like, and you grew up listening to, well, not grown up, but, you know, in your late teens getting into the Wonder Years. Yeah. Actually, funny story. So I'm with uh, Streetlight Manifesto. That's when I found out about them. They opened up 
in 2010. And when we were, we've toured a lot with the wonder years the last couple of years, both bands. And I tell the story cause I remember it. Soupy lost his keys, like walking around San Francisco and they found them and brought the, like with the laminate and brought it to slims, which is the venue. And so I always tell, I always remind Soupy, I saw you then. That's brilliant. There's like seven of us who were like, you know, moshing and I, I was you know i was a little bit smaller and younger back then so i was able to stage dive and stuff but yeah super cool i got those the, bit of faith in humanity when that stuff happens yeah totally i got and i got the purple uh all caps you don't need to pump your fist to look sweet t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> it's funny everyone everyone in england is like uh you know like captain crunch all right, I had no idea what that is, but yeah, all right. I'm gonna oh sing yeah, it. I mean they scrub the internet with that. It's funny. I mean it's funny with JF. Uh, it's like you know our old record is sounds nothing like what we sound like now. You know, similar. It's mm. like we don't really play any of that that record anymore. And it's like the I've heard of like Soupy. It's like yeah, we don't play that. Like <laughs> you, know, you don't play the Captain Crunch songs. You know, it's right. <laughs> but I remember losing my mind, like uh, like being like 16, being like yeah. Oh. yeah yeah man i went to see him at this small place in london that the promoter of that show would eventually become my housemate um, oh cool but but i saw met soupy outside and i think i'd just come straight from school and this was his birthday the other day by the way was it i mean i i, I don't know him at all but this yeah. this, this this night you know he remember i stage dived again you know it's like 10 people kind of yeah. pushing to the front and you know he, he said my name and i was like oh that's that's nice you remember my name those little things stick with you don't they oh totally man like i mean i remember i was talking about that with joel this morning like 10 years ago or so was like i saw title fight open Mm. up for um rise against and uh uh, the day to remember at my college that i went to for a short time uh they had like an event center and my music class got out and I walked around and I had heard that from other people that like, that's where load in is. And so I like walked around just like, Oh, maybe I'll run into something or somebody. Yeah. And then I walked and then all of a sudden there's title fight literally pulling up when their van and trailer, Jamie's like skateboarding. And like, this is before floral green came out. And like, I was so into shed and Ned walks up to me and like, you know, pulls his hair back and he's just like, yo, what's up? I'm Ned. I'm like, uh, you're my favorite band. Great. <laughs> And they're like, they literally like, they're talking. We talked a little bit. They showed him pictures of the tour because they were playing like house shows and stuff on the off days uh, from this big arena tour, which is their first one. And they got me into the show for free. They've guest listed me and Kent, uh, who is the uh, old school Just Friends member, who's now plays in Save Face, actually. Right. If you know that band, the, yeah. they're on Epitaph. He plays keys and guitar and sings. Uh, we went on the title fight on title fights guest list. And that's like, you know, crazy yeah. thing. That's like 10 years ago now, but yeah, it's like, I'll always remember that for show. It must've like had such a profound effect on you. Not as like a cool, well, a cool story, but maybe more than that, it, it makes it real life. Right. You know, these people are real people who are, who are kind and like, will put out their hand or, you know, pull their hair back when they say hi. And these are, you know, I, I wonder if that, like gave you a bit of impetus or, or yeah. self-belief, you know, a belief in yourself. Oh, it totally did. I mean, I was, at a, you know, like, like that era of my life, like, you know, I was trying to find myself, like just graduated high school, you know, like you're dealing with it, you know, 
being on your own in the world. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, you know, you're mm. dealing with every, all this stuff for the first time. And, um, you know, it's just, like I said, 10 years ago, I remember it vividly today. Like, you know, like till this day, it's like, it's always stuck with me. Like, you know, and it just showed me too, like how to treat people, you know, yeah. Yeah. like these are all people who are trying to, you know, like I, those things, the way that happened is he asked me if I was going to the show and I said, no way. I, I, it's the show is $40 and it's like, I don't have $40. I'm 19 and I, I work part time at a birdseed store, like on the weekend, <laughs> you know, getting paid, getting paid. Like, I think I was getting paid 10 75 or something. Uh, and I was only working every other weekend. And so I was like, no way. And then that's why they put me on the guest list. Cause I couldn't right. afford to go like right. that is, you know, they didn't that's have to cool. do anything. They didn't even have to talk to me, but every single one of them talked to me and every single one, like it, it was, you know, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And you know, funny you mentioned the, the job thing, obviously that's what this podcast is about, but yeah. those, those jobs, you know, we talk about art so much and we talk about touring so much and you know, all of these things, they are within the like pretty rigid structure of, of working right of jobs yeah. you know if you if you can have one that lets you when you come back from tour or comes back from making a record or when you have to leave work early to go practice or yeah. turn up late i mean i feel like like that's that's why i wanted to start this like show it's because you know i love i love hearing those stories i love the the, the reality of it and that kind of goes back to kind of like more kind of you know well before our years of you know oh, I guess Ian Mackay stuff about, you know, working for yourself. There's that element of it. There's, yeah. there's kind of, you know, Mike Watt, you know, Minutemen, you know, kind of, sorry, Minutemen, like work by day, play by night. The, I don't think that's ever changed, even though the music might be popular. Yeah, no way. I mean, it's like, you know, you always hear the stories about, oh, that person works here, worked there and this and that. Like, I've been always super fortunate to, like my first job was that birdseed store, like in 2009 or something, like 2008 or nine. I was 15 or 16, I can't remember. And I started working for Wild Birds Unlimited um, as a certified bird feeding specialist. And you I might ordered- have to elaborate on all of that. <laughs> uh, How did you become certified? So I had to take. I so I went in the back on this old PC, and then I like had to do these trainings where I like understood what kind of birds ate what and why and how and in the, you know, this and that. And then I became certified through the, the company because it's a franchise and there's franchises all over America and like early, like, like that shop opened in 95. Um, and there's a, boom a bunch of them like everywhere there i don't know how many there are now or whatever but they're all across america and it's they sell like king of the hill like the propane and propane accessories they sell bird seed and bird seed accessories like (laughs) like bird feeders and you know uh also it's like gift shop stuff like you know like rocks and gems and you know earthy fun gifts and stuff you know Wind were you chime. into it? I was, I mean, I, I became, I, I worked there for 10 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 10 I, uh, years. Well, it's over the course of like two companies actually. Cause I, uh, 
you know, I worked at Wild Birds Unlimited from until I think 20 end of 2013 or something like that. And like, um, then the owner just like the owner's boyfriend who was the man, like the owner, this guy had like this old dude had like back problems. He'd like trashed the business and ran it into the ground while this woman who owned it was like, it was really sad. She had like a bunch of like health issues and she like, you know, couldn't really walk anymore. She broke both her leg. That's really sad stuff. And he was the, you know, they never got married, but they'd been together forever. He ran the business into the ground and then like left and then like disappeared. And then the whole tire, like, like I I showed up to work and then there was an eviction notice on the front door. And And by that point, you must have been quite invested, like emotionally. You can't not be, you know, I mean, it's my, that was my whole life. You know what I mean? Like in high school, I got it in early high school that, you know, that was my job. I was the kid who worked at the bird store. Like. I would work, you know, the weekends and a couple like shifts, like three to three to six during the week, you know, and I really developed a lot of relationships with a lot of these customers, you know, for years. Because mm. uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of old uh, people, a lot of, you know, you'd be surprised the clientele too, but it's like bird feeding yeah. is super fun. Yeah. Hummingbird feeding is cool, all that. And then. I knew the, like, cause I had stepped away a handful of times, uh, like here and there for school and stuff. And then I always knew he was crazy and knew that it was going to go down. But then, yeah, Mm. showed up to work and I was like, oh yeah, well it's over. And then I got an email from my coworker being like, it's over. And then, Mm. then a couple months went by and this woman named Joni, she has her own business. It's like a independent birdseed store. And she was opening us. She, opened directly next door uh mm. it's called east bay nature it's the same store but just she owns it and she has a really successful one in walnut creek and then it was just me and her and like i worked six to seven days a week for a really long time uh commuting uh. to school and like that's where i really like because i became the manager and i started hiring all my friends and so i hired my and that's how like you know i'm fortunate because I developed this like relationship like when I started touring, you know what I mean? Like 2014 and like was when I really started hitting it like big time where I was like, okay, we're going to go on our first big, you know, two week month long tour. Mm-hmm. I think I forget it was like 2015 or something. And I was trying to figure out how to break it to Joni. Like how, how can I be gone for a month? Like, you know, keep my job cause I loved my job, but I had mm-hmm. so much responsibility. She let me hire my little brother great for a month month. yeah and so she bent the rules for me and then i started you know i was able to like you know since i was you know such a good employee all my recommendations i were great like on their employees and now all these years later the last like the dublin store closed down because of uh they're trying to level that entire shopping center for condos um, but one of my hires, it was one of my good friends. Uh, he's still there and he's like the main employee, like kind of manager guy now. Um, so shout, he was out, my to, fit. shout out to Chris Wells. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know what? That's are. such a rare story. I, you know, this is like the 130 something episode of this podcast. And you know, yeah. there are a lot of people who have enjoyed their jobs, but this has been one of the most, that story, you know, just what you told me there, just a glimpse of it. Like it, it kind of tells me that's like the most kind of, you know, community like 
job. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, I mean, that's the thing is then I, I started working for my community too, because what happened was uh, I was going to school at the same time uh, and commuting. And then, so I would go to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'd work at the birds uh, bird store Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. And then sometime after when I graduated and we were hitting the touring stuff super hard and I had a lot of more employees, I needed something to fill my time. But I was like, you know, I tried the whole thing where, you know, you graduate and then you apply for all these jobs you hate and you, you know, you, yeah. you're in the Bay yeah. area. So you apply to all these tech companies and all this stuff. And I remember like, I am, I interviewed for Wix doc. was a Wix. Wix. <laughs> yeah. <dot> Wix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never have I ever wanted to like, you know, I was one of the darkest moments of my life. A show was I was in that interview and it was a group interview and, and it was for a like tell them it was like for like you were on the telephone and you were supposed to be a like a, what is it? Like salesperson. Oh, right. Yeah. And like, they were telling me like, yeah, you have to do this and you have to get your, your time down is like supposed to be like a two to three minute thing. You're supposed to know everything. 30 people in this group interview and they brought us in. They're like, okay, well, what would you have if, if you got a million dollars today, what would you do? And all these people, everyone, I was the only person who said they would donate any of the money. And like, I was like, that's hella sad. And then it was like, you know, the whole corporate thing, like here's pizza and here's all this. And like, we're really fun and cool. You know, this mm. is like awesome. Like to work in tech, blah, blah, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I remember driving and they're like, this is when you'd get off, you know, every day. It's like awesome. And it's in San Francisco. I live in the suburbs with my parents and I got on the, the bridge and it took me like two and a half hours to get home. And I like cried. I was like, this is what like life is like to survive. Like after you yeah. graduate, like yeah. this is my whole life. This is gonna be my whole life is this shitty company that sucks. And I didn't yeah. even get the job like, after two. I was like, I didn't even get like a, I thought I interviewed pretty well, but I didn't even get it. And then, so I said, which is okay, the story I'm- of so many people. Yeah. You know, it's just constant that, man. Thank you know, I know God so I many people even even now. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, I was going up against like, you know, people who have like master's degrees and going to this horrible job that paid like maybe like $4 more than the birdseed store. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going to be wasting all that money in gas and car stuff anyway. Yeah. But so what I did was uh, Ovi, who's in Just Friends, had worked at – has been working for the city of Dublin where that's like where I grew up where I live with my parents Hmm. um, for years. And I was like, that'd be fun to like, you know, because I'm really, really proud of being from the Bay Area. And I really, really loved growing up where I did. And so I applied for a job at the city of Dublin and I get a part-time job and I got it. And so I worked at the Heritage Center, which is this, uh, they, they moved the first settlers like these 1800 houses onto this park and it's connected to the first schoolhouse and the first church and the cemetery. So I started working at the <laughs> cemetery for the city of Dublin. And so what I would do is I'd work the bird seed store Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever. And then I'd worked for the city of Dublin. So I worked essentially a full-time job but between two part-time jobs. And so that is what I was able to use to my advantage to, you know, get time off and play, I'd play the, play the jobs against each other. And then also too, as I was able to, it's easier to get 
part-time work off for these tours because I don't have any time off. I would just be like, oh, I'm going to be gone on a trip or whatever. But I'm, you know, like I'm pretty close with all my coworkers wherever I go. So they know what I'm up to. And they're yeah, uh, everyone's super supportive of the band stuff. And so, yeah, I started working at the Heritage Center and, you know, I would give tours and to kids and I ran summer camps and, Brilliant. you know. And it was super That's- fun. I worked there. There's a museum on the campus. It was really awesome. Uh, I loved it. And then that's what I did. And then I got uh, passed up a couple times. My boss, I really uh, like they, I got passed up a couple times because we were so short staffed. I had to do all this work extra because mm. uh, you're like, I was a facility attendant one and I was doing the job of like a facility attendant, a facility attendant, like, two or a senior facility attendant and they opened up the job to give me the promotion. And then they hired someone else outside twice. Amazing. Amazing. And so, yeah. And so then I finally said, I, then my supervisor from that job, she moved to special events and she took me with her and uh, you know, Monique, like I'll always, you know, I'll never forget what she did for me. And she literally took me and put me on these special events and that's like what my calling was. I loved it. Like I would work like, you know, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. doing these events. And uh, it was incredible. It was a very beautiful time in my life. I really loved to work, unfortunately. But like I was doing um, – and I was kind of stepping away from the bird store a little bit at the same time too, even though I was manager. Because um, I worked there, like I said, 10 years, like from 15 to 25 you know what I mean? Like insane, insane. Yeah, that's like, that's like, yeah. like that big. That's a big time where you grow up, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like the bird store was cool because as I was, you know, I worked alone and I was able to like hang out with my friends and come visit and like you know here and there. It was like super fun. And mm. then the birds, then the special events was cool, even though it was part time. I was still it was so it's part time like in the state of California. For a rec, for rec or whatever, it's like I could only work a thousand hours. Like a lot of jobs in this, in uh, as part time, you're only you're capped. So thousand like, hours a month, a year, a year. A year. That's good. Sense. Yeah, I'm so, bad at maths, but yeah. No, yeah. So like you know, it always ended up being this thing where I I I, I uh, I'd always reach the hours cap, so I'd have to take time off too. Oh, it's like right. oh, Sam, you can't work for another month and a half. Oh, well, I'm gonna go on tour. So who cares? <laughs> Uh, so I was the perfect employee and we were able to do this thing where we were able to work 40 hours a week too. Like me and my coworker, Jordan, we met and we worked every day, Monday through Friday. And then sometimes on the weekends for the events and the events are like, you know, community events, uh, you know, park openings, uh, you know, the breakfast with Santa Claus, the Easter <laughs> event extravaganza, we were from the city of Dublin, so we have this massive St. Patrick's Day festival, which is like 90,000 people come for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was like third in command at those festivals behind like my boss and my and the and their and their, their assistant. And um, yeah, and Jordan and I worked. It was me, Jordan, Alicia, and Stephanie. Stephanie was the big boss. She's like a second mom to me. Same with Alicia, who was like our age, but she was a couple years older, so she got the rec tech job and then me and jordan and we were like the hand we were like the hands 
And so we'd spend all weekend getting all the supplies all week doing this. And, you know, we were in charge of the storage facility there too. And that's how it became like, I ended up like having to be the Easter bunny uh, (laughs) at the, the, I had to be the Easter bunny at the Easter events. And then I had, you know, uh, so that was fun. I had to, (laughs) we do these camp outs too, where like, you know, you have the first ever camp out, you camp on a park and then, you know, you get the, the, the city like barbecues for you and then there's a movie or whatever, you know, Mm. and uh, that's nice. And the it's super cool, like you know, very developed. Some of these cities are very developed with their rec programs, and then they like we yeah, had there's a music performance at the end, like usually some campfire songs. Guess what? Can they call me saying the campfire person canceled? Sam, we need you to play, <laughs> and so I had to play. And I don't know, you know, I played. This is your like, you know, this this land is my land. This land is your land. You know, spaghetti and meatballs, like all these songs that I know. None of these kids knew anything. None of them. And Kent played with me, and Kent like just started playing like the final countdown, like, and all the kids started losing their minds, and like <laughs> on his keyboard, on his acoustic guitar. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's just funny. And like, I had to do that. And yeah, I just, it's, that is the wild stuff is like, you know, I'm doing these, I'm on these big events and like, we're doing all that stuff. And I really thought rec was going to be my calling. Honestly, like I went to school for communication. That's a subset of it. Mm. And so I went over to the town of Danville because I really wanted to get, because I was, that's when I finally stopped working at the bird store and I did two rec jobs part time. So then I had the events job, but then I had a desk job at town of Danville, which is two towns over. And I was the youth program assistant, which means I would was the assistant to the coordinator for the whole town and all their events for the ages three to 11, which really meant I made curriculum for summer camps and their summer camps are some of the most sought after in the whole Bay area. Cause Danville is like a really nice community. Right. And so, and I had a couple different, like we had kids night out, which is like two times a month, these kids come and the, the parents drop them off. And then we watch them from like six to 11 and it's a themed party with like, you know, a movie and crafts and all that stuff. So I had planned out the whole thing. Um, and it was like my dream job is everything I've ever wanted. And like, I was able to still do music. And this is when just friends and mom jeans was like, you know, we were touring quite a lot, but Nothing like, you know, really crazy until the Puppy Love U.S. tour with Mom Jeans and JF. It's where I had to really ask for like a whole month and time off because I was working a lot for Danville, and you know the relationships. Did that give you an working at Danville? Did that give you like a um, an understanding of you know like a budget? Yeah, totally everything. I was like a I was like a suit. I was like I would show up with a collared shirt and like pants and stuff <laughs> and then the other the, the the dublin job was more of like okay a dirty job like you're gonna go like paint this massive sign and i'm gonna have to have you drive an hour to go pick up this thing i found on craigslist like <laughs> so the duality was funny because i'd work like nine to i would either work nine to two at danville and then two to five or two to six at dublin some days and it was like you know i was like this grunt worker and one and then i was like Hi, this is Sam with the town of Danville. How can I help you? Like <laughs> on the other, and uh, yeah, oh, there man. and then there too is like there was the that I've both places I've met some of the most amazing people and some like 
really people I really truly love. And Danville, I thought was like, I thought the music thing wasn't going to work out. You know, I was like, uh, you know, this is my calling. I'm going to be the rec guy. And then, you know, after that Just Friends Mom Jeans tour, it was like, whoa, things are kind of moving. Pure Noise started showing up for JF. Then uh, Mom Jeans was getting like bigger by the second, it seemed like. And um, and like, did you, you know, you weren't in Mom Jeans at that no, time. I no, I wasn't, but I was. But so uh, close to it. So close to, yeah. I mean, I was like, I've known Eric a really long time. And uh, so we grew up together in the same suburb. But I was like really close with Bart. Um, and so like, you know, with, I mean, I playing grad life as well. So it was a very like, you know, Eric would look up to me and Bart for some help with some of these decisions. And like, you know, same with Joel who we like, because we came from like the, the, the class before mom jeans, me, Bart and Joel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the next class was so like Eric, uh, you know. I think that's such a big thing to have people you can look up to and ask questions because yeah, you when know you don't I mean? have that, like, you're pretty lost. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, we're not taking credit or whatever what it is, but it, that was no, a very no. that was a part of me and Eric's relationship was like because he would play in Just Friends too, like mm. that's it was his introduction to like touring stuff is like we needed a fill in trombone player for a couple tours. He hopped in, right. you know, crushed it and everything, and then. Like, yeah, we would, you know, we made, JF made a lot of mistakes so that mom jeans wouldn't make a ton or something. You know what I mean? Like JF like has done the, like the, some horrible shit, (laughs) like some, some like, you know, the, the parking lot van sleep in the, you know, the eight people, one hotel room that you can't afford type stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The world against you stuff, but yeah. And then the defining thing was, uh my i came back from uh europe we did the europe tour together and mom jeans and jf at the time and then i came back and my boss sat me down in danville and was like yo so this job that is mine is opening up i'm getting promoted to supervisor and they want to you know promote you to coordinator it's like my dream job at this point you know what i mean and he literally said his name's rj he's my boss He's hell funny. He goes, so are you going to take the job? Or are you going to rock? <laughs> and, then, and also, by the way, we had just been given the offer for sad summer that like that morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm staring at the barrel of like my dream job or my band and my, and you know, and my best friends going on what is like warp tour number two crazy, like, you know, amazing opportunity. What do I do? And then I kind of cow. I like, I just was like, I think I'm going to rock. And I put all my faith in, in, in that. And then that's right around the time when, uh, I was offered the mom jeans job too, as well. After, um, after I made that decision, I, you know, they didn't have, they didn't didn't correlate either. And I just took blind faith that the music thing was going to work. Cause I believed in it at the time. Um, but yeah, you know, can you put, can you put yourself back in that place now? And you know, how, what does that feel like? It's funny you say that because I, um, I am, I play Santa Claus for the town of Danville every year. 
So I just like I I just uh what's the word? Saw them and I just came back for the first time. Like the first the Santa during COVID was we did a drive by thing and it was like, you know, there was no real hope for my job ever coming back or like because I ended up staying on and my employee, his name's Tim, he got my job. And I kind of like helped him. I helped him coach him up for the first couple, like the first six months. And RJ was like, you know, I don't make this decision to have Tim be the, be the coordinator without, you know, having Sam here to teach you how to do this. Cause Tim went straight up from being a part-time like employee to like being the boss, like overnight almost, right. you know? And so Tim and I are super close because of that. Cause we're, we're friends. Like we're, we're like around the same age and, um, you know, uh, so I just went back there actually for, to play Santa. And this is the first time there's kids available to come and all this stuff. And it was really emotional for me, honestly. Like, you know, I was kind of looking at like, what my life would have been if I stayed and, mm. you know, and that stuff. And it's like, I, glad that uh, I chose what I chose because that's the life I live and very thankful for it. But I couldn't help but also be, you know, think about like, whoa, like, you know, the relationships and the people and like the lives that, you know, the life I could have lived also too. It's like the life that I, you know, I was, I was my, my uh, brother's a teacher, my sister's a nurse. Mm. uh, Working with people. We, yeah, we're a community, like you said, working in the community. And like when the pandemic hit, um, we all kind of thought, sat around like, are we going to do this anymore? Like, well, I don't know. And so I applied to uh, to become a high school guidance counselor. Like I applied wow. to, go to, to get a master's degree in that. I enrolled in everything. And then the first day of school or the first like the first like official thing when I was in, they doubled the tuition. And I couldn't afford to go anymore. So I dropped out. And so it's like, that was always a dream of mine was like to be a teacher, like work in schools and stuff like that. And rec was an able as a way to do that, but on like a, you know, a community level. Hmm. And so, you know, it's something I've always, you know, thought about. I could go back to one day or whatever. And they played around with like, you know, maybe like summertime if my part-time job comes back or whatever. Yeah. It still hasn't come back since COVID because of budgets and stuff. But being a teacher and doing your master's, you know, if you can afford, you know, if it's an affordable price for anyone, it's like, that's, that, that's not something you can ever do too late in life. They literally doubled the price. It was crazy. It was like, I was going to, I was going to go to, uh, I was going to do the online program at university of North Dakota. Like my friend, uh, his is in that, his, you know, finished that program and loved it. And that's why I was going to go, but right. it went from like $400 a unit to $805 a unit. And I was like, yeah, that's literally double what I had planned. <laughs> How many units in a year? I think it was going to be like I think for it was it was going to be like either five or ten thousand dollars a semester. I think. Fuck, you can't. Do I can't that. remember what it was, but it was something where it was like out of just out of reach, not yeah. just out of reach, can double out of reach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I've always, you know, I've always thought about it, and you know, I don't know, I don't, you know, it's uh. I can even right now I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it. Cause it's like, I love those people. I love that town. I love the community. And like, you know, I love that job, but you know, honestly I love what I do now. I couldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't 
trade it for the world. You know what I mean? I'm very privileged and very, very lucky to be in the position that I am. And it's, you know, from a lot of hard work, obviously for me, but also a lot of hard work from everybody around me, you know, everyone in just friends, everyone in mom jeans, you know, a lot of work from Joel, a lot of work from Brad, like, mm. you know, cause we have the same teams for both bands. Um, I have to say it's it's so nice to sit here and and hear about your dedication I suppose and like the way that you've put yourself it, you know you put your heart you put your heart into it into working with other people and into those jobs because I think a lot of people do jobs and maybe don't necessarily feel that you know or or let themselves feel that Yeah I was ve- I was very very lucky to um f- uh to have those experiences in my jobs. And like I said, all these people were super supportive and because of those relationships, I was able to go like take those times, take that time off. They gave me like the, you know, the golden ticket of like, you're having your job when you come back. And honestly working in between tours, like it really, really helps you stay. I think like connected and, I don't know, humble or whatever, but it's like, you know, it made me, it forced me to go to the real world. I mean, I had to, I had to, you know, to afford it or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time too, you're living this life where you like go city to city and like get wasted all the time. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. drink, but like, you know, it's a party every night, you know, it's like this unreal, like, you know, thing, Uh, but it's a lot of work too. It's like exhausting. And then you come back and it's like, that's not the real life for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like my mom has never been mm-hmm. to New York City, and I went to I went to like New York City like four times last year in the middle of a pandemic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's that kind of like stuff where you're like you really think about it. And uh, well, yeah, it also sounds like you got like a smart head in your shoulders because you know I still don't. I feel like even at, I'm 30 and I work at a radio station here four days a week and then do my own thing three days a week, including this, for example. Yeah. And it's like, I still don't feel smart <laughs> about what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, mean, that's, I don't know. You gotta like, you know, there's uh, I don't know. I, uh, we have a, we have, we, we always joke around that's like, you know, are we, we're not like you, you're not smart. You, you can't be smart to do some of this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, cause that's going to stop you from taking the risk. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm gonna tell you, I used to eat, I used to go to Fuddruckers, if you know that restaurant. No. It's like, uh, and eat off the table. I'm like, because they would, because they had busters at those tables. Me and uh, my friend, uh, Matt Barry, who plays in Angel Dust currently, like, we'd go, wow, we grew cool. up together, and we'd go to this restaurant and then sit there and wait for people to leave and eat their leftovers because we wanted to afford to go on tour. You know what I mean? Because we couldn't afford it because we were like 18 years old with like, like I said, working at the bird store. He worked at the movie theater. So it's like, you know, he's getting paid less than I am working way harder. And we're sort of here like, oh man, they, that person like left half their burger and their onion rings. Go, get, go, 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 go. Like, <laughs> so we could, you know what I mean? It's like smart yeah, people don't it. do that kind of shit. No way. <laughs> like that's, that's a, that's some dumb people stuff. But like, yeah. Fuck. I don't know. I mean, Sam, yeah. thanks for telling me all those stories. You know, I think yeah. it's really important that the people know that working to play music or working to do your art doesn't really have to be a negative thing. 
No, nah, but it definitely can because that's the thing is like after the like during the pandemic, like I lost both my jobs. I got laid off from both of them. And um, right. and but then I was offered this job back. They're like the city of Dublin was like, you know, we're not doing events, but we really need a uh, health officer. And I was like, what is that? Turned out to be the worst job I've ever had in my entire life. I worked it from June 2020 to January, like the first week of January, 2021, I was, I would go to the parks and I had to kick people out if they didn't, I will, the parks were banned at the time. I had to kick people out of the parks. And then when the parks opened up, I had to kick people out. I had to tell, I was the mask police. No, I was literally the, I would go back and forth. I think like these, the main parks and I have to enforce the COVID guidelines that's a, that's what a COVID compliance officer does. Yeah, I was I was a COVID compliance officer for right. the city of Dublin, like during the pandemic, because that was like my rec job. I went from like this beautiful, like awesome, like I said, this amazing jobs like with the city to working this working this job where I hated every second of it, but I needed the money, and so I would drive around the parks and I'd have to stop, like, because basically it'd be like the you know 45 people soccer games at 8 a.m no mask like this is a height of this is the height of covid too you know what i mean like mm. like and they're just like you know i got called every slur in the book i got weights thrown at me i got called you know like people were pissed you know because i was ruining their good time but i was like this is you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic I, I don't think you really need to be like playing soccer with all your boys right now like and so you'd have to stroll up to a, a large group and say, hey, all of you. Like, how do you approach that? I mean, speaking to uh, four so people had once a, is hard enough. So I had a vest that I would get made fun of for and a, and a big binder. And I'd walk up and be like, hey, guys, uh, just let you know, like, I work for the city and uh, I got to shut you guys down, unfortunately. Like, you know, this, the park is closed. Like, you know, and I, I'd have, the spiel would change and stuff. And I really only did it. I mean, I needed the, the money for sure, but Stephanie, who was my boss, who you know, she needed somebody to do this job, and she called me and was like, "I'm calling you to like beg you to do this for me because I need somebody." And I was like, "I always said I would do anything for Stephanie," uh, so I did, and I did it for a long time. And then, wow. uh, but it was awesome. Stephanie always took care of me and like helped me out, yeah. like with like how bad it was. But then, yeah, it was just like the, you know, I couldn't take it after Stephanie went on medical leave and then retired. And I, uh, it was taken over by this woman who was, that was the assistant director and she was not chill. She was not fun. Worst job, worst boss I've ever, I have ever worked for. And so I just like, I literally quit on, like she asked for my availability and I said, I am no longer available. <laughs> Like super disrespectful, like calling employees at like 10 p.m. to like to like right. tell them that they did a bad job that day, and like you know she was calling me on my days off to like complain to me, complain about me, and like all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm not taking this like disrespect stuff. Like I've been, I know what it's like to work for like you know a really good people. And yeah, you know, yeah I was thinking that that must have, that must, that sounds like the sort of the first kind of bad experience. You know, as a whole. The, fir the first guy at the bird store was kind of bad. He kind of lost it towards the end, but this was like actual disrespect. I was like, 
Mm. I returned all of my like staff clothes in like a toilet paper bag. And like, <laughs> and I was like, here's my clothes. Don't contact me anymore. Wow. Like, Wow. Yeah, it was really sad. I was like, that, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that that's quite righteous, but no, it's not. It's actually kind of a bummer, right? Yeah. It's like, I worked there for, I worked at the city of them for like five or six years. And it's like, who are you? Like, who are you? No one knows. Like, you know, you just, mm. you know, you just started working here and like you're everyone, you know, mm. everyone hated that job. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm. Mm. Fuck. and so that left, left you play music. Full yeah, time, I mean, more or less. That, that showed me. It, I mean, that's the thing is that, that job really truly showed me that like I am doing the right thing by like doing the creative stuff and like being a you know being my you know my own boss with my friends and mm-hmm. doing it. It's like you know it, it showed me to work harder at what I love because I could be doing this and I could be working for people like this for the rest of my life. I mean, being your own boss, like naturally, there's a kind of entrepreneurial it's part of that big part of that right it's like making your own decisions and your 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 your, your direction and, and being smart about that stuff and is that something you've thought a lot about yeah i mean i'm lucky to have a really good team around me you know what i mean like i mean now my job between tours is you know this clothing company that me and joel have and it's like it started with the yeah, I would be, my mom would be the one, my mom's house was the place where we'd always meet and all this stuff. So we had all the old leftover band merch from the tours, you know? And I learned like, oh yeah, you can put them up online. And I didn't want to manage like five or six, like the mom jeans, big cartel, the just friends, big cartel, the grad life, big cartel. Like I put it under one thing called honey TV. And I started right. me, and, me and Chris Wells actually started like messing with shirts, like tie dyeing them and like, uh, bleaching them because my mom actually my my mom and dad were grateful deadheads and they <laughs> they my mom sold tie-dyes in the parking lot of those shows and they saved up enough money to move to california in the 80s from selling tie-dyes and great. my mom where, from where were they living before that ohio great yeah and so they, i mean my whole life my mom has made tie-dyes and then sold them as like a part-time thing uh, so we like, she taught us how to do all that stuff. And, you know, we started doing that with old band merch. And then when the pandemic hit, it was kind of like, you know, we were like, what do we do now? Cause like Joel, it was me, Joel, and then Jacob Jine, who's our TM for mom jeans and JF. And we had the system already in place to sell these leftover band merches, but it's like, okay, what do we do? So Joel started like throwing up like crazy designs of his own. Cause he's a, illustrator and people started really really resonating with him we did a couple political stuff we donated some money to uh you know and then we just kind of it turned into this thing where we brought in cody our their videographer and photographer into the mix and now it just turned into this clothing company (laughs) that we like have a storefront opening up on saturday and we've been like an online business for you know over a year and you know wow we've expanded outside of yeah we've expanded outside of the realm of uh band merchandise but it's cool like you know the shop's gonna have like it's called honey tv and like you know it's always a place where you can go your mom jeans jf stuff but also too like we do tons of other stuff and fuck yeah that's what i do now so it's like yeah i without uh, without a great team great people behind like the entrepreneurial I can't even say it like yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. It's way harder. 
And, you know, like that's what it was. Like I used to, when it was just me, I would do, I would pack all the shirts myself, everything. And I'd go and enter every single, I had to type out every single address and everything at USPS, like at the kiosk. And then when I met, then when Jacob came into the mix, he was like, nah, we're not doing this anymore. Like he got the printer set up and the, all everything set up. And then, you know, when Joel popped in, he's like, all right, we're making these designs way cooler now. <laughs> and right. so, yeah. Right. Sharing it, mate. That's so that, that's the, that's the new business that you, I mean, you're going to be a, a retail, you know, like putting your yeah, own stamp doing, on that. Yeah. And we've been doing it online for a long, you know, for a long time in this capacity for like, you know, a year or two now. So yeah, we do, we're opening up a little storefront and, in the middle of Berkeley cross street from the UC theater where a lot of bands play. We play a lot. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, well, congratulations. Just I mean, I hope, yeah. I hope Saturday goes well. Thank you. Yeah. JF just played with a uh, story so far across the street. We're directly across the street from this theater that we like mom jeans played with like uh made a parade and, and motion city soundtrack a couple times. Okay. And, yeah, man. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. We're having, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's hell yeah. I was doing that this I was doing that side hustle merch thing the entire time I was at the bird store and the city and everything. It's like that's my whole days were that. It was like I'd wake up at like seven and then I'd go me and Jordan would go check in. We'd like work. I'd go to Danville or the backwards, and then I'd get off at like five or six or seven, and then I'd just pack orders from seven to ten. You know what I mean? And then go eat in and out of like 10, 11. And that was my every day was like, that's aside from practice, playing bass, playing, playing. Yeah. Stuff. Wow. Yeah. I would have to set aside time. Uh, yeah. But that's the thing that was cool. Is like that time Bart would like, he was three hours away, two hours away. He would come up and then I would be like, I'm, you know, I set aside. We would just write songs. Like yeah. we would just like, we just work like, you know, that was what I would do. You know what I mean? I would be like, all right, I'm leaving early today. And then we'd just like play. That's crazy. It's like, I don't know. I'm still in it. I'm still, uh, you know, mom jeans and just friends are both full-time things. And, you know, we're both releasing records. We tried so hard to make it, make them separate. You know what I mean? Like, but they're coming out right on top of each other. Like the mom, like mom jeans just dropped a single today. And then Just Friends drops a single tomorrow. It's like, it's just fun. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, some, somehow it's just, you know, I'm a, busy, I'm a busy person. Well, thank you for fitting me into your schedule. Yeah, well, hey, thank you so much for having me. So there was Sam Kless of Mum Jeans. You've been listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. 2,000 Trees is next weekend. Don't forget to pick up your tickets. I'll be back with one or two more episodes before finishing for the summer. See you next week. Is Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every blink me, I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.